Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode two, 237. Welcome, welcome, schmelcome. So public service announcement. You can no longer trick on DR women with American dollars at the price that you was going at initially. Okay? What I mean by that is... The $50 that used to go a long way with Dominican Republican women or Dominican Republic women um, is no longer a respectable price. The The price has gone up. What did Fat Joe say? The price went up, the price went high. Something like he said a nice catchy phrase. But the price went higher, okay? Because... You have an inflation of American men who go to DR to trick on some women just to um, get played, basically. You know, you have these exotic quote. I'm saying exotic with quotes because oftentimes you have American men look at women who are overseas well, overseas is more so like for UK, right? But oftentimes you have American men who look at women who are outside the U.S. as exotic, but they reserve exotic for those who are of lighter skin, of um, just that more of a European, more of a European uh, aesthetic, which is interesting. So anyway... Because of the tricking that men have done, American men have done for many years, and recently the the lack of order, order, the lack of order that has been done um, is really making an imbalance. So there's this guy on TikTok who I saw on my Twitter feed um, giving a PSA. And <laughs> basically he was saying that, you know, you're messing up the imbalance when you, when you pay the women in DR more than $50, for example, he did say $50 in his example. So he was saying, Oh, when you pay them more than $50 now that spreads like wildfire. And now you have women in the DR saying, well, $50, you can't pay me. You know, I want a hundred, I want 200. Right. So what was initially the acceptable and fiend over price is now seen as a joke. Like you better not give me $50. And it's interesting because, you know, American currency weighs much more than Dominican, uh, currency. So $50, is a lot of money. It runs far there because apparently rent there in some areas is $200 to $300 for rent. Okay, not a room, no, for a whole house, apartment, however the setup is. It is a bedroom, a kitchen, dining room, like all of that is just 200 or 300 a month. So 200 to 300 a month. And that will, you know, if you're giving women the price of their rent, of course they're going to see this has a come up and they're going to want to 
um, continue to trick off of you. And now the price has gone up. The price has gone up. So now $50 that some American men will give these DR women is a joke. That's it's it's hilarious. Honestly, I really want to speak to the fact that you have a lot of black American and not just black American, but just black men in general. I've noticed there's been an uptick. There's been an uptick of black men going to these foreign lands to get a lady. Okay. I know someone in close proximity. Let me just say, let me just say that because I, I don't know who's listening sometimes, and it's like, God dang, I got a sense of myself, so I'm going to do it as best as I can. But I know someone in close proximity who has gone over there, okay, to get him a lady and even wiped her up, had kids with her, and all of that. And so um, they're no longer together, but the point is you have these, these pursuits, these pursuits by black men, and I'm saying black men in general, not just black American. I initially started off saying black Americans, black American men, but it's black, black anything men. Let me just say that because I don't want to be too specific, but black anything men. I've noticed there's been an uptick of them going to these countries to find them a lady, and the, the lady is exotically beautiful according to their standards you know whatever bullshit that is and the um, you know they're suddenly in love and they get married rather quickly and she is pregnant with his kids and yada 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 and so you have this like portrayal of oh i just so happen to fall in love with a man from america wow and it's not this love story. Let me just be very frank. It's not a love story. It's, it's a means of pursuit. It's a means to an end. It's a means to get one off. Get Not just a, a nut off, but like get, get an opportunity off. How can I support my family in the countryside who's struggling to get water from a well? Oh, let me go ahead and marry this man who just gave me $100 who's visiting here from America, let me marry him. This is ideal, right? So this is an epidemic that we see a lot from, you know, these two these two places, right? And a, a black American man go to a foreign land, find him a lady. The lady suddenly falls in love. The black American man is like, Oh, golly, shucks. I found me a lady. She loves me, and she's so beautiful. And the man is so hypnotized. Just like him. I think there is voodoo placed on him. I think there's something, some black magic has been done to have hypnotized these men. Because I don't think these women in America have the same effect on the men who go out of the country to marry a woman from there (laughs) because you have women in America trying to get their man to finally propose, finally commit yet women out of the country could get a guy who they met two weeks ago to immediately just pack up every pack up all her things, all her family's things and move her to America and marry her. (laughs) 
you know what is that it's black magic that's what it is it's dark magic that's what it is it's sex magic that's what it is (laughs) that's what it is how can i get this nigga to marry me huh you know i want to come up off of him i want to move to america i want an opportunity of freedom you know however they paint us in you know in the dr and other lands outside of the country of the u.s this is an opportunity to get one to come up so of course i'm gonna utilize dark matter. what this is my way out so anyway God bless. Um, I, I just want to just give a shout out to these men, these black men out here who are just risking it all, risking it all for the name of love, risking it all for the name of exotic love. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the PSA was originally about don't up the price keep the price at $50 or however you had it initially don't suddenly get got by these women so he was giving a just a support message out there to men to kind of shape up get it together don't don't get played by these women and yada yada yada. (laughs) um but you know suckers will be suckers suckers will be suckers suckers will find a thumb to suck on suckers will be suckers and so it is. Speaking of suckers, you have Larsa Pippen. Larsa Pippen, who is now in a relationship with Michael Jordan's son. And the irony of this is, so Larsa Pippen, she was married to Scottie Pippen, who is a basketball player. And did he play against Michael Jordan? Or they were just in the same team, and they just didn't like each other. You know, I'm not a, I don't really know things like that. But the point is, um, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan have beef. For what reason, I'm not sure of. I'm not aware, um, but they have beef nonetheless. I don't know if this is – I think it's a longstanding beef from what I could gather – and I'm sure it's some rufflings of just difficulties from when they used to ball together. Um, now, so they, they've since been divorced. I feel like their divorce wasn't too long ago. They were married for a significant amount of time. And um, they finally got a divorce. Now, I'm sure it's for you know, obvious reasons why celebrities get divorced nowadays. Um, and now Larsa Pippen is dating Michael Jordan's son, whose name is Marcus Jordan. So keeping the MJ alive. So Larsa Pippen has recently stated she is willing to change her last name to Jordan if she marries her boyfriend, Marcus Jordan. The couple's relationship has garnered attention due to their significant age gap of 16 years, as well as Marcus's famous father, NBA legend Michael Jordan. 
She said, quote, I would definitely change my last name for whomever I married. That's for sure, Larsa says. Um, so some more background on. Oh, so she. OK, there's a 16 age gap uh, between the two. So Larsa is. Where I think she's like 48. Yeah, she's 48 and he is Marcus Jordan is 32. OK, and and that that already I don't really care about that. Like the age gap is really not a big deal. OK, so what? 16, 15, how many years difference? That's not a big deal. I think the big deal here is it seems manipulative. It seems it seems petty and like oh just a way for her to get at her ex-husband Scottie Pippen because for so long they have had beef with each other and it just seems so coincidental for her to meet not just meet because I think she's already known Marcus Jordan because of you know their six degrees separations you know or less than that they have but it's just so coincidental for her to be in a relationship with him, knowing that her ex-husband has this long-standing beef with his father. So uh, Larsa Pimpin and Marcus's relationship has raised eyebrows, with some people questioning the unusual di- dynamic. Um, Larsa explained that she only met Marcus a few years ago and had never met his father, Michael Jordan, or his family before. And I feel like that's a crock of shit. It's a crock of shit. You can't tell me she's never met Michael Jordan um, until recently, until a few years ago. Come on. She hasn't crossed his path. They haven't been in the same circles. That's some. That's a crock. And I'm sure in meeting and in being around M- Michael Jordan, because she was married to Scottie Pippen, she could have most definitely met um, his son. She also revealed that she was with her ex-husband, Scotty Pimpin, during... That last name is crazy. Pimpin? Am I saying it wrong? Is it Pippin? Because that's... Pippin? That's his last name? Like, come on. Um, Anyway, so she said that she was uh, with Scottie Pippen during the last year that Michael Jordan played with the Chicago Bulls, so their families were never intertwined. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. So Scottie Pippen used to play for – I sound so ignorant. Hold on. Let me just make sure right now because Scottie Pippen played for what? which team? Which, I know he's a baller. Yeah, he played for the Bulls. Okay, my apologies to any Bull fans. I do not mean any disrespect. Okay, I just want to make sure. So he played for the Bull. Michael Jordan clearly played for, played for the Bulls as well. Um, so Scottie Pippen played for the Bulls. So did Michael Jordan. And I'm assuming they were in the same time frame. Like they played together. We, are, we already know they played on the same team. Anyway, so her saying that what I'm confused about is she's saying that she um, she revealed that she was with her ex-husband during the last year that Michael Jordan played with the Chicago Bulls. So their families were never intertwined. How is that so? If they played on the same team, Chicago Bulls, how were their families never intertwined? 
And what does it matter it being Michael Jordan's last year of him playing on the Bulls? That that point doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? Uh, so Larsa's statement about changing her last name to Jordan shows her commitment to her relationship with Marcus. She's so full of shit. Shows her commitment to this. Okay. Okay. You think this little boy wants to really commit to you and he, he really wants to make sure that you're committed to him? No, I think he's a suck, another sucker. Again, speaking of suckers, I think he's a sucker, okay? And Larsa probably just hit him with that good punani or whatever it is, and he's just pussy whipped. The couple has been dating for some time, and this news may signal that they are considering taking their relationship to the next level. Um, regardless of public opinions, Larsa seemed determined to follow her hearts. And if, oh my God, these people don't have hearts. I think it takes a lot of balls. Like, I think it takes a lot of balls to purposely and deliberately go and date your ex-husband's adversary or public adversary. I'm sure Scottie Pippen had other enemies or people who he didn't like at some point, but for her, for her to publicly go after this public adversary of his, Michael Jordan, and to date Michael Jordan's son, is just come out of all the people in the world, out of everyone you could have come in contact with, everyone who you could have encountered. She's in a, a big-ass industry that is filled with men who would love to pipe her down and, quote-unquote, commit to her. She just so happens to choose Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan. Like, cut it out. Larsa seems determined to follow her heart and embrace whatever. What is the future? What is the future that holds you and Marcus together? Like, oh my gosh. So I think that's just the the just the the bullshit of it all that makes it laughable. And I'm hearing some women talk about, oh, look, she gotta come up. <laughs> She's a real MVP. She's a real MVP. And I just don't feel like that's a come up though. I don't think that is something to be proud of like I don't feel like it's a big deal to just go out of your way um and date the adversary of your ex-husband like that shows a lot about your character than it does anybody else like you are clearly still operating off of this low vibrational stratosphere and now you're 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 trying to convince us that is that is raining outside it's not you're pissing in my face um so let me just look at how long were they married okay and i'm sure they have to uh, yeah oh wow so she says okay so they were married for 23 years and i'm sure they had kids together and look, I think there was definitely some hurt between the two. And she left feeling, I don't know, jilted in some way. But I just don't think this is the way to go. I feel like revenge is 
of the Lord. Hon- honestly, a vengeance of the Lord. Like, let God handle it. You know, just let that shit go. But you going out of your way because you're, you're carrying on that burden, that grudge. And look, uh, this comes from someone who's carried grudges for some time now. And there's still maybe one or two things I could still let go of. But no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I'm not over it. No, but I mean, for the most part, I'm good. But I think ultimately, there's um, there's just no, there's no um joy in holding on to grudges. You know what I do? I notice, I notice that I hold on to little things that didn't make my day good enough or even perfect. And I know there's no such thing as perfect, so I'm trying to move away from that word. But it's so hard. But I, if it's not, I just think to myself, if something bothered my good day meter, right? You know, what could reach a good day for me? And then, oh, this comment really ruined it. I stumble on that. Not stumble. I think I, what's the word? I just, I hyper focus on that moment for a weekend or a day or two. And uh, I just hate that. I hate that I do that. But I ruminate so much, and it's like, I don't like doing stuff like that. But I'm working on it, so we'll see how that goes. But the point is, when you hold on to anything, it could be a, a grudge or something that was definitely understandable, right? You know, maybe you were traumatized or, you know, something happened to you and you just couldn't, you had no control over it. You know, whatever it was, that's a understandable grudge to still wear, but eventually you have to let that go still. And there's smaller grudges that is uh, so it's such a nuisance. It's such a nuisance that you find yourself still ruminating over it that I just can't let it go. I can't let it go. You know, you know, maybe someone said a funny comment to you that was kind of offensive, but you didn't you didn't speak on it right then in that moment. And then boom. That happened on a work day. The weekend's coming up, and you should be happy for the weekend, but now you're only thinking about that comment and how you should have said that and you should have said that. And now I'm the type of person, like, I, I could ruminate on something so little, and I get so mad that the next day is the weekend because, dang, I don't have an opportunity to immediately recreate that moment again, right? Like, oh, man, I can't go back and be like, well, what you said earlier or, you know, go back in their presence for them to possibly say what they said to me before again. And I could now finally tell them what I rehearsed in my mind after ruminating it over 12 hours. Now I have to go into the weekend and wait until Monday to finally say what I wanted to say because I've been rehearsing it. That's gold. That's what goes on in my head. And that shit is like, look, my life, you don't let that shit go. <laughs> well, yeah, it'd be like little things. I just like, oh, I guess someone pronounces my last name incorrectly. It's like, oh, my God. You know, I feel like every time something happens I don't like, I have to speak on it right then and there. You know? And maybe that's something I need to work on. Like, maybe I don't need to really, like, maybe it's not a big deal. But in my head, it's a big deal. Anyway, the glor- they glorified Michael Jordan while not giving nearly enough praise to, oh, that's the beat. Well, I don't know if there's more to it, but this is a quote that I just found out 
from Scotty Pippen who said that last name is hilarious. <laughs> like, and I've said his name before. I just, I guess me saying it so many times over and over, um, that's redundant so many times over and over. <laughs> um, but me saying Pippen just repetitively is just making me realize how much it sounds like Pippin. That's so weird to me. Anyway, so this is a quote from him, and he says that they glorified Michael Jordan, and they didn't give him or his teammates enough praise um, at the time. So maybe there was some jealousy there. I didn't watch The Last Dance, which is a docu-series, which is a docu-series that feature Chicago Bulls and just their historic run during particular seasons. And again, please excuse my ignorance, but um, I'm just doing my best here with this sports topic. But, okay, so there's some jealousy there, I'm sure. And I have heard that Michael Jordan wasn't the, the easiest teammate to get along with. I think he was very, um, according to what people have said, he was very just like much of an asshole, wasn't much, he didn't have much of a approachable, he didn't have much of an approachable nature. He um, was just very focused, which is a good characteristic, but he lacked the people skills to work together as a team. I think he came across more selfish in a negative way than um, people outside of people outside of people looking at him as a legend recognize him as you know so I think that is a part of the beef that they have and <clears throat> Scotty Pippen just didn't like how the documentary uh, kind of set up this glorified version of Michael Jordan and just overall didn't give any recognition or enough at least recognition to him to, to Scotty Pimpman who I say is you know him and their fellow teammates so I'm sure there's more to it also but yeah that is one of the reasons why there is some tension between the two so again going back to Larsa you know she's already kept his last name, even though they got in a divorce, which, you know, whatever. But she's kept his last name. And now if she were to marry Michael Jordan's son, she'll be Larsa Pippen Jordan. Like, you know, just at some point, it's enough. You know, at some point, it's enough. Like, I was, um... I was reminiscing on this song that I used to like. And it's still a good song. Like, I, like, I love the, the melody the the passion behind this song and this song is called um what's the name of the song let me i'll just go over the melody real quick it's by carrie underwood and i drop my key into the side of this four wheel drive uh oh maybe that's time a thing before he cheats um so i think it's called before he cheats literally i think that's the name of it and look, it's a beautiful song. It is a beautiful. I, I love her voice. I think she's a. I think she's very talented. Um, I think she has a great presence to her. She's like the country Beyonce. People, a lot of these white people 
go crazy for her, which is definitely understandable, definitely warranted. But I took some time to just reflect on the words, just the words of this song. And um, let me just read this line real quick. I dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped up four-wheel drive Call my name into his. This is a nice karaoke song, right? <laughs> it's a good song, though. I, I look what I'm about to say. I'm critiquing it, but it's still a good song, regardless. <laughs> you better dug that key. But here's the thing: that's not okay. You know what I mean? Like, okay, let me just read it off. I dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped-up four-wheel drive. Carved my name into his leather seats. I took a Louisville slugger to both headlights. I slashed the hole in all four ties. Maybe next time he'll think before he cheats, right? Okay, so again, this is her her get back, her payback, her revenge on her significant other cheating. And look, I, I don't want to police. Look, I, I don't police how people react right I don't you have a right to feel your feelings you had a right you have a right to feel angry to feel sad to feel hurt you to happy you know joyous whatever emotion you want to feel you have the right to feel you are entitled to your emotions right but at some point when do we get to own our emotions and not allow our emotions own us you know, I, I just don't want to get to a point in my life when I am proudly saying I'm dugging my key into the side of his pretty little souped up four wheel drive. You know, I just don't want to get to that point, you know, and I'm sure no one wants to get to that point, but I just don't want to brag about it. I think there was this, this level of brag that that is um stemming from this song you know people are singing which is is a great i'm telling you it's a great karaoke song of course you're gonna sing with all your might but i think there are many people who believe that this is the route to go you know you do me wrong i'm going to vandalize your car and i just don't think they equate you know i just don't i don't know i'm I'm just not a violent person You know, I just don't, I don't like to use violence, you know, (laughs) maybe it's just that. But hey, I I used to always, I felt this way since I was in high school. I remember there was a moment, um, it was a Jasmine Sullivan song, you know, when she, um, yo, what's the name of that song, dog? Hold on, song, um, yeah, I bust the windows out your car. Okay, let's look at that lyric. Okay, look at those lyrics real quick. Okay, I bust the windows at your car, and no, it didn't mend my broken heart. I'll probably always have these ugly scars, but right now I don't care about that part. Um, but this is a good karaoke song. So I know these songs are dope. <laughs> Never mind, y'all. I get no. I just think we have to have a limit, right? Like. We could sing these songs, but, like, actually don't do these things because you could go to jail. Am I the only one who cares about that? I know some people are like, I don't give a fuck. He cheated on me. I, I'm going I'm to blow up his house. But, like, but don't. <laughs> like, actually don't do that. Like, you just, <laughs> you don't have to do, like, you could just, like, not do that. 
you know and the, what I, I feel like what really sets me off is the fact that you have these like outlandish ways of getting him back right I'm gonna get him back by by busting his car windows I'm gonna get him back by burning his clothes but shit give it a weekend that nigga's back in your house y'all back in the bed you know so like what are we doing (laughs) you know you did all that for what so I just don't like these like big ass portrayals and these big ass gestures of anger. I'm so mad at you, right? You betrayed me. You hurt me. But now you're back in my bed, even though I burned your car down and, you know, sliced the tires and, you know, I just, it just doesn't do anything. What does it do? You know, we can think of some productive ways, you know, there's a, apparently there's this, um, this like war room trend that's going on in which you go to these facilities that have these breakable items that you could tear up, break apart in your scheduled rage, right? So if you have some built up anger that you want to finally release in this capacity, you could schedule to do so pay a fee and do so and get a bat or they give you a bat and you bang up the room (laughs) and look maybe that is a way for some people to release their anger I just don't think we should normalize going about our emotions in a way that could land us in jail am I a nerd is this giving nerd I don't know, but just my two cents. Uh, Moving on. Okay, so God bless. Uh, Let's move forward. So we have here um, an NHL hockey initiative was made recently for this team to wear particular jerseys in support of the LGBTQIA plus community. And one of the hockey players in that team is a outright Christian. And he was not okay with this initiative, and he didn't appreciate the pressure that was put upon him and his teammates to wear this particular jersey in support of LGBTQ kids in allyship. So this guy, his uh, his name is James Reamer. Reamer. That sounds like a porn name. Speaking of porn, James Reamer, who is, is he a redhead? I think redheads are so cool. If I ever was white at some point in my past life, I probably was a redhead. I just think they're so cool looking. Um, anyway, so James Reamer is someone of faith who believes in Jesus Christ. And he delivered this statement recently about this um, initiative. And I think he really did a great job expressing himself without being disrespectful and while still holding on to his personal values and convictions. So he said in this quote, under the umbrella of the NHL's hockey 
is for everyone initiative. The San Jose Sharks have chosen to wear jerseys in support of the LGBTQIA plus community tonight. For all 13 years of my NHL NHL career, I have been a Christian, not just in title, but in how I choose to live my life daily. I have a personal faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins and in response asked me to love everyone and follow him. I have no hate in my heart for anyone and I have always strived to treat everyone that I encounter with respect and kindness. In the specific instance, in this specific instance, I am choosing not to endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based on the Bible, the highest authority in my life. I strongly believe that every person has value, worth, and has value and worth, and the LGBTQIA plus community, like all others, should be welcomed in all aspects of the game of hockey, end quote. Again, this is by James Reamer, or this is Reimer, who is an NHL hockey player of the San Jose Sharks. And I commend him with this statement. I think this is pretty courageous to stand in your convictions, especially in the times that we're in when saying, hey, you know what, I'm not going to do that because that doesn't abide by my convictions, that doesn't abide by my personal beliefs, you're immediately labeled as a homophobe, a transphobe, a phobe, phobe, phobe. Like, first of all, shut the fuck up. You know, that's starting off number one. But I think he did such a great job packaging his statement in a way to let you know that, look, because I follow Jesus Christ, I know that it's important to love everyone, and I stand by that, right? I follow him, and I love everyone, and he's taught me to love everyone and to not not have any hate in my heart. And in doing so, he is also strongly standing in his convictions and saying very frankly that he will not endorse anything that counters his personal convictions. And I just love to see that because you do see nowadays some people who were brought up in the faith, who were brought up in, you know, just kind of like old school values, traditional values, they are feeling weakened in a way. And not just weakened, I feel like they just don't have a voice. Suddenly it's like, oh, well, That ain't got nothing to do with me. I have no comment. Everyone's everyone. It's like, okay, that's not the point, (laughs) right? Like, I remember having a conversation with someone, and I was, like, talking to her about, like, you know, her opinion about X, Y, and Z, and she was just like, yeah. Like, she just had no opinion, obviously, like, suddenly. You know, suddenly she was fucking mute. And it's like, what happened to, like, you know, not just being a follower of Christ, but having the boldness of Christ, Right, having the conviction of Christ. So, I just, I don't know, I just always, I always commended people who have bold in their spirit. 
I think it's very commendable to stand strong on whatever it is and be like, hey, what it is what it is. I stand ten toes down, right? And there's a way to still be convicted and bold in your convictions and be respectful and be kind and be loving. You know what I mean? Like, I have my, obviously, y'all know, y'all been listening to me for a while now. Thank you so much. And I've shared many opinions that are not of the the popular narrative or, you know, the politically correct speech. And so I would say there is strength in that. And it's better to just go forward and just be like, hey, it is what it is. But I don't treat anyone differently. You know, I don't I don't. I have gay friends. You know what I mean? I don't I really don't see the problem when people say that. Like, I have gay friends. Okay. That's good. Right? I think it says a lot. But here's the thing with that. Oftentimes we are in homogeneous groups, right? Your friends, your peers are people who look like you, who think similarly to you who come from the same background as you, right? So oftentimes we are in these groups, these pockets of friendships that are of the same type, right? So when someone who is not of that type says, oh, I have friends, I'm friends with black people, I'm friends with gay people, I'm friends with, you know, trans people, right? Whomever, I think that's a good thing. I think that's it's not it's not pandering. It's not like baiting you to be distracted by this one quote unquote token minority friend. You know, it's like no, I'm making a point that it's easier to befriend someone who's like me. But instead, I organically have developed friendships with people who are not like me who come from different backgrounds, who have different lifestyles and different ways of anything or whatever, and we still get along, we still connect, we have a great sense of humor, right? We have similarities, we have similar characteristics, and I don't, like, I don't, um, I don't judge a friendship based off of, is this person gay? You know, I can't be friends with, like, you know, I'm not not friends with someone because, they're gay or they're trans or they're whatever you know what I mean like it's just how's your heart you know do you know how to treat people are you kind are you considerate you know do you make me like are you funny that's a prerequisite can you make me laugh oh you can't yeah it's not gonna work you know are you a fucking sheep because that's another issue Anyway, so shout out to him. I think it takes a lot of balls, a lot of balls to come forward and be like, you know what? With all due respect, it's going to be a no for me, dog. And I still respect people. You know, I still think people deserve equality. But uh, it's going to be a no for me, dog. (laughs) This is a no for me. Okay, so, uh, yeah, shout out to that. Okay, so let's move forward. There is, uh, I was going to say, there is, um, I think it's an epidemic of women coming forward and admitting to the breast implant illness, which is now the coined term. So 
this singer named Kalani, who I feel like she's been looking different lately, like maybe in the face. One second, I thought she was black for a second. I'm like, what the fuck is she? I don't know. I think she's like, you know, of mixed ethnicities. But anyway, so she is, I just came across a clip of her saying that she uh, removed her breast implants and she had to do so because she realized it was the reason why she was getting sick. And what's interesting about that is there's a there's a list of illnesses that come uh, that come in play when you have breast implants. And it's so much so that it's coined a term called breast implant illness. So breast implant illness is a collection of symptoms that occur in people, in women, what the fuck, in people with breast implants. Oh, see, already, already Google, already fucking up. In women, stop being afraid to say the word women. For women, okay. There isn't an official medical diagnosis of BII. Symptoms may include fatigue, joint pain, brain fog, dry eyes, and many other health concerns, um, clogs, not clogs, what? Um, clots, blood clots, blood clot. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Skin rash, hair loss, insomnia, depression, headaches, rheumatoid arthritis. Like, what? Uh thyroid issues, hormonal imbalance, severe IBSD, which is irritable bowel syndrome with diarrhea. My God today. All for some double, double Ds. Remember that song back in the day? Double, double, this, this, double, double, that, that, double, this, double, that, double, double, this, that. Double, double, this, this. So that is just... Many of the many of the many symptoms that come into play for a cosmetic surgery, for a plastic surgery trend that was seen to be the the beauty standard, the encourage augmentation to be seen as beautiful and wanted in the field of of entertainment and now lately we're seeing more and more celebrities whether it's a socialite or an R&B artist coming forward and saying these enhancements quote-unquote are not worth it you know they have made me sick and I had to remove them you know so many of these celebrities are saying that so you have Kehlani Black China talking about that and again, if you want to listen to that episode, go ahead and become a patron from um, for last Friday's episode. Yeah, last Friday's episode. And uh, yeah, so you just have so many examples of people, of women specifically, excuse me, of women getting surgeries such as breast implants, buttocks implants, BBLs. All of these surgeries that are plainly about vanity. And, you know, the, the argument could be, oh, well, it's their body, their choice. What's the big deal? Their body, their choice. 
the big deal is it's stupid. That's the big deal. Like, that's really it. And, like, stop it with this whole your body, your choice. You know, because you have many people regretting that choice. You have many women saying, I should have never did this. Oh, I'm suffering. I'm suffering immensely because of this stupid choice that I made on my body, my choice. And this is what happens. So, yeah, that's why it's a big deal. Because there's an epidemic of women who have fell victim to this standard of fake beauty. So it is a big deal. So I think if more people had outright conversations that, hey, this is not worth it. If you want to lose weight, if you want to tighten up, there are better ways to do it that does not complicate your health. So please reconsider. And hopefully with the trend that's growing of women coming forward saying, hey, I should have never gotten this, and hey, I actually got surgery to remove this silicone implant, this silicone this, this silicone that, these breast implants, whether silicone or not, they have been the source of my illnesses. Hopefully this could impact women to think three times over of their desire to want to get their bodies cut up just to have double-double this, just double-double that, that, double-this, double-that, double-double this, that, breasts, okay? So God bless, God bless. Let's move forward. What else do I want to get into? I talk about the hike in prices for DR women and how they're finessing these American men, these American black men, or these black American men, um, okay, um, let's see here, Trump, Trump, at the time of this, uh, release of this podcast, Trump may have gotten arrested, <laughs> now, I don't know if it's gonna really happen, I think this is all a big-ass psyop, trying to just make a stupid point, and trying to fear people or fear Trump from really running again. You know, he has already announced months ago that he is going for another round at um, his presidential campaign. And I think this is just another pursuit to intimidate him and to get him out of the running because I think the Democratic Party and other parties fear that he may win again. Now, we've seen the Republican Party turn their back on Donald J. Trump. Why? I don't know. I think maybe he's been too abrasive for their for their taste, and uh, now they're going against him. Now, Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis is seemingly a favorable position to, to take that Republican presidential spot um, nominee. So we'll see. I don't know if he actually officially made the announcement for his run for presidency, Ron DeSantis. So we'll see if that actually happens. But according to this Forbes article, former President Donald Trump, or he's still my president, Donald Trump, 
may be indicted. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> He's still, he is still my president. <laughs> may be indicted as soon as this week in Manhattan on charges stemming from his alleged hush money payments to adult film, act, film actress Stormy Daniels which was an unprecedented event for a former president that would lead him to being arraigned in court, but not held in custody or being forced to end his presidential campaign. Okay, so some of the key facts here. When will he be indicted? It's been said that this will happen on Tuesday, so the day of this release of this episode. Uh, what exactly is he being arrested for? It's just like with R. Kelly, right? You know, people don't know exactly what people assume that he got uh, he got convicted for, and that he is serving time for the alleged sex tape of him allegedly. And I gotta say alleged. I gotta say alleged. I'm not picking a side. I just gotta say alleged. I just gotta say alleged of him allegedly in a video having interactions with an underage female okay but in all actuality r kelly is in prison because of rico okay so let's um let's look into this real quick uh, quick side note why is r kelly in jail or in prison right now what is the exact charge maybe tell me um okay yeah, Rico is racketeering, okay? So that's what Rico is. And it says here... Oh, shit, I was just honored. Hold on. Uh, the disgraced R&B star R. Kelly was sentenced to 30 years in prison. He was sentenced in uh, New York. He spoke at length before issuing the sentence. Yeah, da, da, da. The case is not about... Oh, okay, this case is not about sex. It's about... Okay, well, okay. It's about violence, cruelty, and control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he was found guilty of charges including sexual exploitation of a child, racketeering, bribery, and sex trafficking. Okay, well, never mind. Maybe I was wrong. <laughs> but it wasn't specific, though. It just says... I'm trying to find... You know how there's a list of things... You are ch you are charged for this crime and have been found guilty for this specific crime. It's just listing a bunch of words that doesn't reference me to a particular case. So my point actually still remains. Is he found guilty and is he serving time for that alleged sex tape? I don't I don't see that here. Instead, it just gives you an umbrella of things. Oh, child exploitation and racketeering and bribery and sex trafficking. First of all, you go to jail for bribery? <laughs> I bribe kids all the time. <laughs> it's a joke. Fuck. Don't approach me. Um, but racketeering... You know how many freaking drug dealers are in jail because they were allegedly found to be a part of a gang that happened to be this big drug dealing team in that area 
and they just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, my point is some of these charges are blanket statements and they're not specific to what I'm looking for. What are you talking about sex trafficking? Specifically one, what are you saying? When, what is the case? What is the actual charge? You're giving me these umbrella terms and I'm not saying this in defense of R. Kelly. I'm not, I'm just saying, I have a still listening <laughs> Yo, is anything fucking serious for me? Life is a joke. Like, you gotta laugh. Anyway, back to Trump. What exactly is Trump arrested for? It's expected that any charges against Trump will be for falsifying business records tied to the hush money payments to Daniels as he allegedly reimbursed ex-attorney Michael Cohen for paying Daniels through the Trump organization, labeling the charges as legal fees, which can be a felony in New York if they were falsified to cover up a crime and could carry a prison sentence of up to four years. Blah, 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 blah. First of all, Trump is not the first president, politician, any of that who has giving out money to hush a bitch up. Can we be fucking, be fucking for real. <laughs> BFFR. BFFR. Can, can we be for real? Cut it out. I feel like they're trying to make him an example right now, and I'm not trying to be a Trump apologist, but they're using Trump as an example right now to prove to America, to the masses, that this behavior will not be, oh, really, it won't be tolerated? It was tolerated with JFK when he was flying in college-age students, college-age girls to the White House as his interns, but they were sucking him off. Huh? Where was his arrest then? The point is, it's, it's selective outrage. It's selective arrest. You know, same thing with R. Ke- it goes back to R. Kelly. Like, people, like, there are many people who are going through the system just fine. Just fine. I'm trying to work on my Trump accent. Day is just fine. I'm trying, I'm working on, I'm working on it. Uh, every time I hear people do it, I'm like, I can do it. And I, I, I'll try it, and I feel like I got it. But when I get on the mic, it's like, oh, there is. Anyway, but again, it's selective outrage. You have mad motherfuckers going about life. Breaking one crime, one law after another. But all of a sudden, this guy gets pinpointed. What about all the other men who did the same thing? So going back to to R. Kelly, he was the only guy allegedly having relations with underage women. Okay? Trump is the only president, former president, current president, politician, who has given out money that wasn't legal to do, you know, like to to hush somebody up. You know, this whole idea of he's deplorable, this is our, he got indicted, and yada, it's like, oh, kiss my ass. What happens after the grand jury votes? What happens is if the grand jury votes to indict Trump, the indictment will fi- will be filed under seal so it won't be made public until Trump's arraignment in court 
unless the Manhattan district attorney makes it available earlier. Will he surrender? So Trump's lawyers are expected to negotiate with prosecutors a date and time for Trump to turn himself in to the authorities after he's indicted because what they wanted to do initially was really make this whole showcase, make it all play out on the stage and um, arrest him in public, have him in handcuffs, pin him down like he's this like freaking burglarer like can we cut can we be fucking for real let's be fucking for real could DeSantis block Trump from being arrested experts cited by insider note that while DeSantis could possibly delay Trump's extradition his approval is really an administrative formality and he wouldn't be able to totally stop the ex-president from being charged. Okay, child. Well, God bless at this point. At this point. Let's wrap it up with this uh, last article here. A 44-year-old woman built up enough FU money to retire early. And I read this article and I was like, y'all gotta be kidding me with this propaganda of, hey, if I did it, you can too. No, I can't. No, I can't. I can't. No, I, I cannot. Okay? Because people are missing the point. In this article, this woman here, her name is Charmaine Shy. That's not her real name, but let's go. Um, I don't think it's her real name, at least. Anyway, so she says here that she has spent, um, it's probably because Shia's life now, two years into retiring. Okay, anyway, so she has retired at the age of 42 from her 9-to-5 banking job and is living her dream life because she retired early. She spent her days lounging on the beach, traveling the world, or blogging about early retirement. Wait, no, sorry. She says she doesn't spend, hold on, <laughs> let me read this again. Shy doesn't spend her days lounging on the beach, traveling the world, or blogging about early retirement, though she does post updates on TikTok. Instead, she works part-time for a local theater company in her hometown of Buffalo, New York, and practices writing and other creative pursuits. Her husband, who also left his IT jobs, his IT job two years ago, Spends his time weightlifting, volunteering with the local search and rescue team, and fostering uh, dogs. She says, quote, now that my whole life is only stuff I want to do, taking time off is very tricky. Oh, it must be so hard. Quote, every day feels like, well, I'm only doing fun stuff. But then six weeks will go by and I'm exhausted. How the fuck are you? Shut up. Shut up. And so the 44-year-old is busier than ever, but you need not to, oh, I don't feel bad for you. You need not feel bad for her, okay? A word is missing. That was always the point of trying to save as much as possible in her 30s. Oh, and here's the thing with that bull crap. First of all, financial goals are a myth. <laughs> it's like they're not a myth, but like, 
They're not this like easy come and easy, easy goal to accomplish. Like it's not this thing that you just, oh, just put aside $20 $30 every check. Okay, you could do that. Sure, that's fine. I'm not opposed to saving, but I'm opposed to this, this, to this picture being painted to us that, oh, it's easy to have 5000 saved up you know, but in three weeks or, you know, they set this time limit and it's like, no, it's not. Even if you do the whole prerequisite of, oh, well, I immediately send some money from my paycheck and directly deposit it to my savings account and immediately I pay myself before I could spend the money, right? Cool. I think that's a great method too. I do the same thing. Okay, and shit happens daily, right? You know, whether it's a a car expense that you can't get away from, whether it's insurance, whether it's just you just catching up on some things or whatever it is, or whether it's an impromptu trip that you have to take. And that's not even on some like, oh, I just I just have to take this trip to Paris. No, it's it's, it's an impromptu weekend trip real quick for whatever reason. And the point is... The money that you save up is not just this this um untouchable money. No, you find yourself diving back into that same savings pool and taking about $20 or $30 out or $40, $55. You know what I mean? So this idea of, oh, just save and you don't and then it's just it's locked away. No, it's not. Because when you're in dire need or when things happen and things consistently happen, right, because life happens, you have to go and and withdraw some funds from that savings account. Anyway, and also this this article, she just like casually says, oh, I, I saved as much as possible in my 30s. You know, I didn't go out as much. I you know, ate beans and, and bread for a week straight or whatever the fucking reason is. And it's like, girl, you worked a banking job from nine to five. So you was already up in that percentile of making good money. That's a high paying job. Um, your husband, you're married, right? So you have a significant other who is alongside with you in this thing called life. And (laughs) he is working in IT, typically, not to be stereotypical, but typically, if you have an IT position, you're making a considerable amount of money that is typically high paying, okay? And both of you guys are just supporting each other, right? So in times when she may be quote-unquote low, he got her. And vice versa. So there's no there's no room for error because you have that backup cushion. So this idea of, oh, I just, I saved as much as possible. No, you had enough money to do so. You had enough money to, to still save and have leftover money to go about your daily business and your daily expense, your daily expenses, and you have the support of another financial contributor in your life who happens to be your your husband. Okay? So now she is leading into her retirement, and she just, both of them are retired people 
who work for fun, who work because they're bored and they volunteer and they foster dogs. And it's just, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to end this podcast, this episode with this, <laughs> this, uh, negative ass tone, but my golly dang, I just, when I came across the headline, I was like, let me just go ahead and read this real quick. And I just rolled my eyes so hard because they pushed this, this agenda of, oh, all you got to do is this. No, you, no, no, it's not. Because you know what she had? She had someone who she was married to who was making a lot of money just as her. And it was easier to do that. So, okay, cool. She spent five years in her 30s saving so that by the age of 42, she was able to retire. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Because, and the only way it makes sense is because she worked a high-paying job and her husband also worked a high-paying job. They're married, so their expenses don't feel as draining or has, you know, you know, whatever the word is to make you feel like everything's just on your back, burdensome, because you have that support already attached to you. Wait, just fuck this bitch. Fuck this bitch. <laughs> fuck this bitch. Fuck Yahoo Finance for producing this article as well as other article, other publishers. Man. All right. Well, thank you all so, thank you all so much for listening. Um, <laughs> I appreciate every listen. And I will check in with you all next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. If you liked it, leave a review, share, and subscribe. God bless.